0: Welcome look, 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 look. look.
1: Listening to Spooker Natural. I'm Nate, and I'm here with my co-host Lee. Hello. And this week we are covering something that Lee's been desperate to do since day one. We are discussing the banshee, or the banshee, as I, I've, I found it should be pronounced. Um, <laughs> but we'll get more into that later. Whether with beautiful song or glass-shattering screech, the sound of the banshee's wail has echoed through Irish folklore for hundreds of years. Believed to be linked to the tradition of keening, which can be dated back to the 8th century, the banshee is an ominous female entity whose presence portents death. The exact meaning of a visit from a banshee is said to be dependent on whether your experience is solely auditory, or both auditory and visual. If you hear the Banshee, it's a warning that somebody you love is going to die. But if you are unfortunate enough to see the Banshee, that could mean that it is, in fact, your time that's nearing. Seeming to prove that rule, accounts of the entity's appearance are hard to come by and vary hugely. But most notable accounts describe either a supernaturally beautiful young woman with flowing silver or red hair, an elegant gown, or as a haggard old lady with filthy grey hair, long blackened fingernails, and sharp rotting teeth. One haunting characteristic remains consistent, however, her bloodshot, reddened eyes stained by tears. And so it begins, Lee, how the fuck are you? Oh God, oh God. <laughs> it's that time. I didn't expect it to be
0: this soon into oh, the podcast.
1: Yeah. I've held off for so long.
0: Uh, I'm okay, but I think I'm being haunted.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you, why don't you explain a little, a little more on that? Cause uh, <laughs> it is hilarious.
0: It's not hilarious. It I downloaded is. a sleep recorder app because I've not been sleeping very well recently. And I wanted to hear if I could hear anything that would make up for that. Like maybe Bob's is attacking me during the night <laughs> or maybe it's obvious that I'm having bad dreams, that kind of thing. Um, and last night i heard voices or a voice saying hello on the recorder
1: amazing uh,
0: and then some weird musical note did you hear the musical
1: one i didn't hear the musical one no i heard the the weird voice cuz it it's funny as well because you your voice is like it's your voice it's like more of a let's just put it bluntly your snore is like the underlying you. sound <laughs> your snore is the underlying sound so you can tell it's not you making the noise it is like a, a separate voice I mean it could have been the dog making a noise I guess but it when did Bobby learn how to say hello well <laughs> any there's uh, we're not gonna get into that but my point is that it's um it, it is it is it is cool it's interesting
0: Mm, I'll post the clips on our social media. See yeah. what everyone else thinks. I've recorded do. it for the last couple of days and last night it's have to be the weirdest.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They. Um, they are odd. I told you not to do the fucking Ouija board so much, but no, you were insistent.
0: Oh my god! It's only when I did it with you
1: that something has happened. Yeah. When yeah, me I... and Charlie
0: did it nothing happened. Yeah,
1: but I'm, I'm. I, in fact, I'm not even going to say that. I'm not even going to say that I'm not in the same situation because then it'll come down on me and I don't need that bad juju. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> How not. are you anyway?
1: I am cold and disappointed. I was looking forward to a, a pleasant, pleasant walk this afternoon and it was the furthest thing from pleasant. It was um, shit. So that's sad. But
0: can I just point out that you don't say the L in walk but you do in folklore?
1: Because it feels weird to me <laughs> saying folklore folk, folk it doesn't sound like it folklore it just it just sounds like a noise. Yeah, don't word weird. shame me you
0: d- I'm being haunted. I'm going to shame
1: everyone. Oh, it's your fault. Shut up. <laughs> I mean, no mood for your antics today. Um so, the banshee The Banshee. Um, There are a... There's there's a few variations of the Banshee um, through uh, the UK, full stop the UK and Ireland. Um, The Irish Banshee, as we will be uh, discussing today, of course, um, spelled B-E-A-N, and then I think it was like hyphen S-I-D-H. It's a Banshee. That's Gaelic, isn't it? That's... Yes, it is. Yes, um, but you've also got the Welsh Hag of the Mist. Um, the the Welsh name I won't be pronouncing. Um, <laughs> um, that she's described in a similar sort of way, but as like a co- as corpse like in appearance, um, and rather than just wailing or screaming something, she will actively scream the, the name of the person who is set to die, so... Oh, wow. Yeah, so the so the, the, the person who is uh, not long for this world will hear tapping on the window and the door, and so it would, it would tap on your window and then...
0: <clears throat> oh, my God, why did you say my name? That's what I'm going to hear tonight now, isn't it? Yeah. When I oh. wake up tomorrow and listen to my recordings, it's going to be... 100%. in between a hundred clips of me story
1: 100 <laughs> um the Scottish also have their own um she is the the washerwoman most commonly um she's reportedly seen by lonely streams and fords washing the bloodied clothes or armor of the person who's soon to die armor of course being. The not, not, not it's not it's not a contemporary reference we'll put it <laughs> that way um, so the irish banshee then uh so that roughly translates to uh fairy woman or woman of the fairy mound and fairy mound the term fairy mound i think refers to like a specific landscape formation that's found in ireland like a like a mound of a mound of earth i don't know way in that I, 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 I don't i've never been
0: uh, I don't know. Like, you get mounds everywhere.
1: I know, but these are fairy islands. It's different. Um, so there's not just the, the the banshee isn't just one entity. There's actually a number of banshee, thought to attach themselves to families of true Irish stock, so whose lineage can be dated back at least a thousand years. Um, typically those. Uh, whose surnames start with an O, a Mc, or a Mac, which isn't a joke. That does sound really racist, but it, that, that's actually that's actually a thing. Um, so each each of those families have their own, um, and they were initially thought to attach themselves to families of nobility, but once they're attached, they stay attached, even if the 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 wealth and the status doesn't doesn't stay, they will, basically, which is
0: nice. Could you imagine the Banshees back at um, their base comparing, oh, have you got, oh, I've got O'Connor down the road. Oh, I've got, like, Lord.
1: McElroy. of an
0: Irish. No, McElroy (laughs) is Scottish,
1: actually, isn't it? Shit. Yeah, McKinney, McKinney,
0: McKinney. McKinney. You'd be pretty upset if you were a Banshee that just got some common stock.
1: Yeah, but I think they've. We'll we'll go into a li- in a little bit like why those attachments uh, seem to come up, but they seem they seem pretty well. They either seem pretty pleased or incredibly displeased with their choices, and some people believe it is a choice. Others believe it's not a choice. This this is one of those episodes that that is very very difficult to to research, and a lot like the Christmas folklore at uh, Christmas. For for, for, for for the christmas shit that we did because they were all there were just so many variations of the same story and particularly in like celtic mythology because it was all passed down verbally it was never really written down it's all just tales told by this mummy or that mammy. it's never <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's not consistent which is really fucking difficult um, but there was a really interesting uh, video that I watched, it was, oh shit what was it called, uh, I think it was called like A Little Bit Irish or something like that um, and it's this older Irish gentleman um, telling a variety of of Irish uh, myth- uh, mythical stories and, and good things um, and I will reference that and I would encourage anyone to go and watch it because it's, it's really cool, He's it's, it's a good storyteller, he really gets into it. So attachments once they are uh, attached to the family and um, there are some the sort of myth says that once they're attached to that family they will stay with them until the very last of the the bloodline dies at which point at which point i don't know and again that comes into why why they are banshee and and yeah mm. we'll we'll touch on that later keep that bit in mind because that bit is interesting and uh and yeah, stick
0: a pin in it.
1: Stick a pin in it. Stick a pin in it. Um, so normally the attachment is uh, benign, or more than that, it's normally quite compassionate and quite quite caring. And 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 uh, the the, the attachments the family is normally described as being a loving attachment rather than a, a hateful. Uh, attachment. So they're giving premonitions of death, and they are they're wailing or, or singing to to mourn the imminent the imminent imminent death. So so that in itself is quite a it's quite a compassionate thing. Um, I
0: suppose it could be seen as compassionate, but it could also be seen as um, surely unnerving.
1: Yes, and that's the other side of the euro. That's the other side of reco- oh, oh, God. <laughs> Uh, but yes, the other side of the coin is exactly that. Um, so other myths tell of a, a vicious spirit who attaches to the family purely to enjoy their suffering. So they're sticking around and they're giving premonitions and they're spooking people just to be dicks. They're there to cause pain and make the process even harder. They're like you, basically. You, you I was are... about
0: to say, it's my kind of banshee.
1: <laughs> I know, I saw your face. Um, and, um, um, but that sort of leads us onto the, the 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 keeners that i mentioned in the in the intro so keeners were paid mourners paid to attend uh, funerals paid to uh, to to sing and to mourn and to cry and to in quite a theatrical way just just wail and 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 just lose the shit over it's
0: narcissistic a, really isn't it to hire a little bit actually I saw a meme that gets me every single time that says mm. something like um, you can pay me fifty dollars and I will attend your funeral in a black veil and just cry at the back so that people are like ooh, mysterious <laughs>
1: I like that. I like that just, just causing just causing shit for yourself in death. I, I like that. Um <laughs> but the the mournful songs that they would sing were referred to as uh keening, hence the name keeners. So to keen okay. is to sing a mournful song or whale. So on the keener side of things, there there's two main schools of thought as to why they are linked to the legend of the Banshee. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's down to the descriptions of the kinas. Uh, Firstly, they were pretty much invariably women. So that's an obvious connection right away. There was no sort of, you must be, twenty-five or under there was none of that weird <laughs> shit. So that explains either the old lady or the young woman. Um doesn't it explain some of the more fringe descriptions that well I'm, Such I'm gonna, I, well I'm gonna I'm gonna read those at the very end of the show. Um I would like to read those after you told your story just because they um they're a hoot. Um but <laughs> but yeah they they're fucking weird. Um but um the view of the keen is sometimes described as poor sinful people who would accept alcohol as payment for attending a funeral which to be fair is the most reason anyone attends a funeral
0: yeah is that not what awakes for
1: yeah that's sort of the
0: an irish funeral is very very drunk and no yeah shockingly i know <laughs>
1: yeah insane. um but the sinful act was enough to banish them from paradise when they died um, and instead forced to roam the earth in pain, seeing misery unfold basically forever. So they'd be tied to the families in question um, uh, basically as like ethereal servants um basically which is the one side of it the other side is the thought that they were actually incredibly well paid and much loved by the noble families who hired them um, so would stay with them in death but out of choice rather than punishment they uh, developed a genuine compassion and a genuine love for the families so stuck around uh, to, uh, to to I suppose guide them into the the next life which is yeah, mustn't have liked their own families, though. If they were like, "Let me
0: um, latch on to you guys. You guys seem fun."
1: Yeah, it's it's not a it's not a well, I say not a new thing. This is eighth century, but even prior to that, it wasn't like a new concept. It wasn't just an Irish thing either. Um, the tradition the, 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 there's apparently reference to something similar it, back to ancient Greece of, wow. of yeah of, of like processions paid processions there to sort of give the room some levity, if, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. It's...
0: Um, or to make people think you were really popular.
1: Yeah. And I wonder if there's something with, like, how how there's a sort of uh, a spiritual connection between how well-liked you are in this life having some sort of impact on the next. I wonder if there's some sort of, like like... Saying I do believe in fairies, I do. I do like maybe it's like that sort <laughs> of thing.
0: Maybe, but then surely that means you were doing good to gain something from it, which isn't
1: what you're supposed to do. No, no. But I'm suppose supposed to the, be the good death... for goodness' sake. But, <laughs> um, but the it wouldn't be the necessarily be the dead person that's higher. Well, I suppose you could put it in your will. I don't know yeah so the, uh, the 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 keeners um invariably women as professional mourners fit the description of the banshee quite well in that they like i say they're seen with they're, they're seen Looking quite forlorn, the red eyes, crying, the the wails of sorrow, and all that good stuff. So that fits the the description of the banshee quite well. um And with the premonitions, this is. I wanted to get your take on this. Uh, it, the, the 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 premonitions and the and the well the the, the psychic behaviour, I suppose, that they demonstrate. Could that link in a little bit to what we were talking about with like the astral form in the in the deja vu episode, in that is it just there that they are gaining like psychic knowledge in death? Is that like part of the, the punishment? It's like a gift and a curse or a curse that's it's just a curse. Um but they see <laughs> they see death unfolding all the time, but not only as it's unfolding, but all the time like Like all the time, or is it like I say, the astral plane thing where they just have knowledge of everything and like, can they time hop?
0: I I don't know. With when I think of like fairies, I think them as being very connected to the earth. Mm -hmm. It's a very, um, like Mother Earth kind of vibe that Irish folklore gives off for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and in my head, it would be that banshees would have. Uh, a connection worldwide
1: yeah that was that was my that, that was my sort of thinking on it is it just the case that they can sense the 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 energy they they, they can sense the veil getting thinner between mm. like when we talked about like why kids see ghosts because the veil is thinner because they have less life experience. Is it a similar thing as we get older and we get, in theory, closer to death? Is it then getting thinner? Can they then sense when it's at its thinnest, when you're just about to go?
0: Mm. Uh, or maybe you give off like um, an stench. aura. Oh. Well, maybe, maybe like <laughs> just comparing it to something like those dogs that can smell uh, when an epilepsy fit is coming on mm-hmm. in their owner and they start to signal the owner. Mm.
1: Yeah. So, so it's um, like, maybe it's, like, it's
0: something like that.
1: Yeah. It's like certain hormones that are given off.
0: Yeah. There's like a change around that person, whether that's how they smell um, mm. or like the, the the
1: energy around them. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I that, thank you for your take on that. That was <laughs> much appreciated. There's also a slightly, well, not slightly different. It's completely fucking different. Um, <laughs> this is what I mean about about when we're doing things such as this or cryptids or whatever. That it's, that, that it's, it's so inconsistent. <laughs> um, but the 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 keeners that the link to the keeners and and then the keening seems to be the most consistent. Uh, reference to their origin Mm. Um, but there are as always a number of uh, theories as to how they came to be Um, there's also a theory that the Banshee is actually the spirit of a child that died during birth or a young woman that died violently I mean
0: I mean I could see the young woman dying violently
1: I, you see, I, I'm, I'm interested that you said that because I can see it the other way. But
0: oh, yeah. Please, well,
1: just, please tell me your your
0: a, a, a baby that dies before it's been born. It's like an oh, It's going to sound really terrible. Like a non-entity. It hasn't. Why? I mean, like, why would it be upset or angry because it? Yeah. It doesn't know that, but yeah. a woman who died violently. Um, if you think about how. We as people who live after trauma deal with yes. trauma. Yeah, I could see a, a spirit reliving that um, or mm-hmm. wanting to make the people that the howling at
1: <laughs> as yeah. fucking
0: miserable as she is. Right? Like. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I, and I think from a from a ghost point of view, from the things that we've talked about before, a violent end. Uh, results in heavy negative energy which can Mm -hmm. cause uh, you know can cause paranormal uh, stuff um so yeah on the on the ghostly side of things yes and that was what my brain first clicked to as well you did the exact same thing that i did like oh yeah i can see that um but i couldn't understand a baby thing and then i got thinking about it from a religious perspective in the in catholicism you're all you're born into sin Mm -hmm. so is it that
0: i'm pretty sure they baptize stillborns you know well
1: that's yeah I, I, th- I think i think you're right that is something i've i've heard of but my thinking was at at this point did they did would they have done it in the let's say the 8th century for the sake of you know consistent date um and if you are and if you're born into sin you have to spend your life you know earning forgiveness um mm. or or in the case of a child that does See past childbirth, um, isn't the aren't they absolved when they're baptized, or you know, Catholicism way better than I do? Oh,
0: god, it's been a while. Um, <laughs> they're just entered into the church, like okay. they now have the power to ask for absolution, okay. After committed a sin, they're in you know, they're following the hand of God.
1: Yeah, my my thinking on that was about the um, about the um, you know, born into sin thing um was is it similar to like we've made the joke before about ethereal community service that if you are <laughs> stuck in limbo you need to in death you know prove yourself to uh, reach that level of enlightenment be that you know be that heaven or or, or whatever the equivalent is
0: yeah but the thing with that is you are supposed to be a good person Mm. for the sake of being good, not for the reward of going into heaven, Mm. because then you're doing it to better yourself rather than to better other people or better the world. So that, for me, wouldn't make sense, because if somebody is in limbo, they would have to be selfless Mm. to get into heaven.
1: Yeah, or maybe it's not like a conscious a conscious decision to do that maybe it's more of a just a compulsion that you can't really grab. maybe uh, it, it's yeah it's uh, it, yeah it, it it ghostly stuff i can really get into mm. because it is there is a level of plausibility there there is an an interesting level of okay there, there could be a scientific not explanation as in explaining them away but an explanation as in a to 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 sort of validate them um where with this it's also fantastical that i just eh, it just sort of
0: that's why uh, i love folklore so much it's because it's stories that have been passed on from generations yeah. to generations to generations oh yeah
1: i like the origin stuff i really enjoyed the origin stuff but the modern day folk fol- folklore folklore um is is just a little bit i just far-fetched. like how there's
0: no there's no answer.
1: Like yeah. you can't
0: can't get your, you know, that TV show you're like ghost hunters to come out and try and track a banshee.
1: <laughs> no,
0: true. True. Um, so I think there's just something a little bit more um mysterious about it.
1: <clears throat> yeah. No that is true. That is true. Yeah, I I think I'm more on the other side of it in that I like to look back at the origins of okay, where did that where did that sort of specific tale come from? Like when we were talking about Hans Trapp and the and the origin of him as a as a as a lord and and then sort of his fall from grace. That to me was really really interesting. Um, but the modern day tale just wasn't. Mm. I think I don't know. Maybe it's because I don't find it scary. I've not been raised with tales yeah. of the banshee, so I don't find. I don't don't get me wrong. I don't be wrong. Well, I don't want. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I don't want to be visited by a banshee, but I equally, I, I'm not. I don't know. I'm not quaking in my boots over it. Um, maybe that's why it loses me a little bit.
0: My nan used to uh, threaten my mum with the banshee. Like, if you don't behave, the banshee will come and get you.
1: <laughs> that's. Uh, I suppose it's only the same as. Well, it it's negative reinforcement rather than positive reinforcement, isn't it? So rather than saying, you know, Santa's gonna come if you're good. But yeah, I uh, I, I couldn't get the word the, 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 the murdered woman thing because it just seemed a bit a bit harsh. Like how the fuck is that yeah. her fault? Like, oh great, I've been murdered and now this super.
0: I don't buy into it having that sort of violent beginning. Um in my head the banshee itself isn't malevolent. It's a I suppose a neutral energy. Mm-hmm. Um, because it doesn't it doesn't come for you.
1: It just portents death. It just it, yeah. yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. It's like a I suppose a warning bell, like the mm-hmm. death knell. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it has um, a specific side of good and evil that it sits on.
1: Yeah. So the 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 spe- the, the entity itself is n- neither negative nor positive. It is purely a yeah, purely a a a, a warning, a a family mm. spirit that says, "Yo, this is this is."
0: Yeah, but mm. I think be- because it heralds death, that makes it scary,
1: mm. because mm-hmm.
0: you would start looking around. Everybody being like, "Is it coming for you? Is it coming for?" me? Is it coming for Uncle Billy? (laughs) Mm. Yeah. Yeah, true. And I think things that you imagine in your own head Mm. that could happen to your family is the worst kind of fear, because it's real. Like, being scared of a ghost is one thing, but hearing the banshee and then having that, I suppose, gut-wrenching fear that somebody you love could die.
1: Yeah, scared of the connotation rather Mm. than the it itself yeah
0: scared for what it means
1: but on that note i there's a really interesting link to the ungodly and and to demonology and and all that good stuff um and that is in the sort of trope i suppose of the crossroads Mm -hmm. in that banshees are said to linger at crossroads in the same way again for those of you who who don't know um in order to make a deal with the devil it was thought that you must meet them at a crossroads with you know an offering or something like that um which i like because that could be physical like your physical crossroads Mm. or in the sort of metaphorical sense of you've reached a crossroads in life um you know the the uncertainty of that i i really like it's uh, yeah there's a certain
0: level of desperation with the exactly. idea of
1: yes. meeting at a crossroads exactly 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 and the crossroads with it being a physical thing or a metaphorical thing if it is metaphorical that like, yeah desperation is the exact word it is such a scary moment of okay i have well in the case of a crossroads i have four roads i can take Mm -hmm. and you just you just need that guidance you're at your most vulnerable and then something can at that point take advantage of you i really liked that that was a really interesting concept
0: it's it's some nice imagery there
1: um but that got me thinking about do you know the story of robert johnson not not the doll robert johnson (laughs) Um, so he was a blues musician famed for having sold his soul to the devil quote unquote wow um the story is actually really, really cool, um, and that's the as soon as it, as soon as I sort of reading about the crossroads, at that I immediately jumped to him because that is what he was said to have done at a physical crossroads: sold his soul <laughs> to the devil in order to be a, a brilliant musician. Um, so he, he was initially said to be a terrible guitarist, a, a almost as bad as me, um, but in his twenties he suddenly mastered the guitar um a phenomenal musician and he wasn't shy about telling people that he'd sold his soul his songs were about that about being chained they chased by the hounds of hell and stuff like that um wow. which is uh, for its time like ah oh christ i'm pretty sure it was the 50s if memory says 40s or 50s Ooh. yeah that's some intense <laughs> shit um and then Can I, he, what, what
0: ethnicity was he
1: he was african-american
0: that's extra bad at that time. Mm,
1: yeah, <laughs> a black yeah. man
0: running around talking about the devil.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, and I think that's why it got as much attention as it did, especially mm. considering that for in in the in the fifties, blues music was still. Uh, I mean, I, I suppose it wasn't it wasn't villainized in the same way that rock and roll was, because rock and roll was all you know it's gonna sexualize your kids and and it's going to turn them into to animals whereas it, blues because blues was such a such a, a such a soulful and such a beautiful part of african-american culture it 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 was it, for, for a lot of bigots it was stained for that reason do you know what I mean so um, it had its own negative it
0: only became acceptable when white people co-opted it
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and then and created rock and roll. <laughs> um yeah, but Do you think
0: he really did
1: sell his soul? Well, that's that's the interesting bit. So he 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 recorded his music and then mm-hmm. just a few years later at 27 he died mysteriously.
0: Oh, on... OG member of the 27 Club. Yes, thank you for noticing
1: that. Um but he um on his death certificate, apparently, it is listed as like cause of death none. It was just a suspicious, nothing death. It was just up oh, by then at twenty seven. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so maybe maybe his contract did run out. Maybe that was it. Yeah, creepy. Oh,
0: that feels like a short amount of time to
1: yeah live like your it. dream. Uh, and for that. Reasons, so just back to the, the back to the crossroads. Um, it's said that finding a discarded comb at a crossroads is terribly bad luck because that signifies the presence of a banshee, as she's described as almost compulsively running a comb through her hair. Um, Does it
0: say what the connotations for finding a random Adidas trainer is? Because <laughs> that's what I found at the crossroads at the end of my street. <laughs> uh,
1: there, there must be some folklore, and that there must be. We'll, we'll, we'll look it up. Um, <laughs> but they, the rule is, as as I think this should be everyone's rule. You must not, under any circumstances, pick up the comb or take it home with you. But don't do that anyway. If you find a comb on the floor, leave it there. It, it, anybody could have had that comb people have lice it, just 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 don't do it um, but it's for different reasons um in that the banshee will hunt you down track you home and wailing and screaming and banging on your doors and windows until she gets her until she gets her comb back and that story that i that I mentioned the youtube story um the the, the little bit Irish one um hmm. is uh, that that described a, a similar scenario in that a chap. Actually, snatched the comb out of the banshee's hand, not realizing it was a banshee, um, which is just like oh balls, that's balls. Um, but they, yeah. when they got home, uh, the the banshee had followed them and screaming and banging on the doors, banging on the windows. And he went to to put the comb outside for her. Uh, and apparently, the, the the matriarch of the family said, "No, stop, don't be a fucking idiot." Took the comb in, like you know, the big, the big like pincer things that you use for what are they call like tongs that you use in for fireplaces
0: uh it's something like that
1: yeah yeah but like big <laughs> iron tongs took the the comb in the big iron tongs opened the door just a little bit poked the tongs at the tongs outside and the tongs as a whole were snatched out of the hand and then when it looked out the window at the, the the metal had just been warped and bent completely and uh yeah it was uh spooky um but yeah that's what you get for stealing <laughs> but again i wouldn't I, I i i can't recommend that video enough it was uh it was it was very spooky um so that for the sort of basic origin of them i guess i i don't feel like i've done them justice i feel like there's <laughs> i feel like there's irish listeners who are just screaming because uh, and if i and if we have missed things out by all means let us know and we'd be happy to uh or if I've got things just totally wrong, let us know.
0: <laughs> I mean, if they're gonna be screaming, it's because of your terrible accent.
1: <laughs> Don't even try. No,
0: oh, <laughs> what I'm sorry um, to every Irish person that might be listening.
1: <laughs> no, it'll be like, oh my god, he's one of us. I do not support this accent. <sighs> well, let's have a story. Um I'm, I'm saddened. Before
0: I tell my story. Mm. I would like to tell my friend Brian's story. Uh, Brian is Irish, he's from Northern Ireland. And when I was uh, thinking about what kind of story I'd like to write for the episode, I started to put the feelers out to family to see if they'd ever had any Banshee experience. Um, And Brian said he did. So um, I asked him, did you ever hear about the Banshee growing up? And he said, oh, yeah, I know the legend. I even suspect that I may have heard one. They wailed to signal a death in the family. I heard a yell near my house about 24 years ago, the night my grandmother died. It sounded like some wild animal being strangled, and it was creepy as fuck. Uh, He said he used to believe in a lot of folklore. Um, He's got a little bit jaded over the last few years because a lot of stuff has been proved to be hoaxes. Um, Mm -hmm. But he says, and this is something I've never heard of before, Um, There's still a thing about fairy thorns, standing stones and Irish myths. And I asked, what on earth is a fairy thorn? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um,
0: And he said, um, for example, my brother gave up purchasing land when he discovered that there were fairy thorns on it. It wasn't going to be near his planned home, but he didn't want to risk upsetting the land. Um, He said Hmm. that he doesn't think the land was sold and no one will buy it. Um, A fairy thorn is basically a hawthorn tree or something similar. They're the homes of fairies and to cut one down, even trim it or disturb it in any way will invite misery and bad luck on you. Um, In the Irish legend, fairies are the angels who refuse to take side in the war in heaven. Um, Mm -hmm. Not evil, but not loyal to God either. And they were cast out to live among the mortals so they can be both helpful and hurtful
1: so it's like they're in limbo but from a divine perspective yeah. rather than a limbo from a living perspective mm. that's really interesting and i it does because naturally when you research things like this or when you research anything that's that's for the most part unprovable there's a lot of uh there are a lot of normal theories as opposed to paranormal theories mm. um and it's funny you should say it sounded. It's funny he should have. He should say it sounded like a an animal being choked because it could it have been an animal being choked? <laughs> like it, it foxes make some weird fucking noises. So do cats. Yeah, cats, owls. That was one theory that I saw online. Owls, owls make the weirdest fucking noises.
0: Have you ever seen the documentary The Staircase?
1: Yes. Oh, the owl, owl. theory. I <laughs> love the owl theory. But it's so plausible. Why else would she have tiny feathers in her hand? It's so plausible.
0: If you say so. If you say so. Loved it. (laughs) So this is called Howl. We've always been a close-knit family, one that feels each other's highs and lows like they were our own. My brother and I moved away from university, but we all knew that we would return home upon graduating. We have our own houses now, but they're only a few streets away from the house that we grew up in. Richard lives in a picturesque cottage with his wife, Sadie, and their twins, Ellen and Evie, while I live in a converted barn at the edge of our parents' land with my dog, Brutus, for company. We have a routine that has become so ingrained in our lives that we follow it without thought. On Saturday mornings, Sadie, my mother, and I head to town for lunch, while Richard, my father, and the children spend the day fishing, gardening, or some other activity that involves getting very muddy. But life has changed, much like it has for everyone else. Since the beginning of the pandemic, we've not seen each other in the flesh, with our gatherings restricted to online only. At first, it was fine, almost fun, even. We would make jokes about being in Star Trek or play family quizzes. I helped Ellen and Evie with their spelling in the evenings, giving their parents a break from homeschooling. The novelty soon wore off, though. My parents had to isolate completely, as my dad has COPD. It's mild, but there's no sense in taking unnecessary risks. Richard and his family have had to isolate too, as Sadie had her spleen removed years ago after she was injured in a car accident. I was the odd one out, but felt like I was isolating anyway, as I didn't get to see anyone else. Of course I have friends, but everybody was being cautious. Despite trying to keep to a new routine, our interactions were intermittent at best. Richard and Sadie were trying to balance working and homeschooling the girls, meaning they had little spare time. Mum and Dad couldn't quite get their heads around the technology, so video calls would be punctuated with, Are you still there? We can't see you. Dad would always find a way to mute himself and could never quite figure out how to turn the audio back on. I was able to work from home, which kept me busy, but didn't stop me from feeling lonely. I would sometimes walk across the main house and talk to my mum through the window with Brutus happily rolling on the grass. It was more difficult now winter had arrived as it turned out before I finished work and the path between the barn and my parents' house was unlit. Sadness had seeped into all parts of my life, but it was especially bad at night. It felt like I was spending most of the evening tossing and turning, my brain unable to switch off as my body became tangled in the sheets. One evening, I'd spent a few hours trying desperately to drift off to sleep, but it wasn't happening. I got out of bed and padded barefoot to the kitchen to make some chamomile tea. That's when I heard it. At first, I thought it was a dog howling into the darkness. It wasn't. The sound, it's hard to describe, but picture the saddest thing you've ever experienced, but in an elongated howl that pierces the silence around you. It's every bereavement, every heartache and every thought of self-harm boiled down to one wail. I gripped the kitchen counter to stop myself from crumbling to the floor, desolation and despair ringing in my ears. It stopped and the gloom lifted, almost like a boulder had been removed from my chest. When I finally managed to sleep, the sound reverberated in my dreams and I woke up feeling hungover. As I attempted to shake off the groggy leftovers of broken sleep, my phone started to ring. Elizabeth, can you hear me? My mother's voice sounded strained, with worry hiding behind each word. Nobody called me Elizabeth. I was Betty. The full name was reserved for scoldings or for serious conversations. Yes, Mum, I can hear you just fine, I responded. Oh, good. I don't mean to worry, but Dad has... Well, he's struggling, she said gingerly, carefully choosing each word. What does that mean, mum? It's his chest, love. He can't catch his breath. I've dialed that one thing and they've called an ambulance for us. We're not too worried, but, you know, we're being safe rather than sorry, she said. I sat on the edge of my bed, staring out the window. The feeling drained from my body as the conversation ended. If my dad had to stay in hospital, we wouldn't be able to see him. If the worst was to happen, there would be no one there beside him. I don't know how long I sat, Brutus broke me out of my haze by nuzzling my ear. I put my arm around him and drew him closer to me, breathing in his musty smell. I can't remember how I spent the day. My memory is puzzle pieces waiting in the box we put together. One piece speaking to Richard. Another is me walking over to the main house just to see its familiar facade. The rest of the day is just static in my head. I took a sleeping tablet, hoping I would fall into a deep, dreamless sleep. I was woken at 3am by the same gut-wrenching howl this time it sounded closer i got up and i looked out of my bedroom window but all i could see were crude shapes in the dark i slid under the covers and sobbed letting brutus lick the tears from my cheek the next morning i rang richard to ask if he'd been hearing anything at night he said that they'd all slept fine suggesting maybe worry was causing me to have nightmares i wanted to tell him that the howl was real and that i wasn't hallucinating but I just said goodbye. He had enough to worry about without thinking that his sister was having a meltdown. My phone buzzed. Mum had sent me a text with the number of Dad's bedside phone. Apparently, phone signal was spotty on the ward at best. She hadn't been allowed to get in the back of the ambulance with him and was relying on the nurses to tell her how he was doing. The last update had informed her that he was on a ventilator, which terrified us all. We were all fearing that he'd catch COVID, but none of us wanted to be the first one to say it. After replying to my mum, I opened the Safari app and searched Howling in the Night. There were thousands of results. Most seemed to be about dogs barking when they should be asleep, and there were a few about some rubbish songs from the 80s. An article at the bottom of the webpage caught my eye, as it was simply titled Banshee. The article said that the Banshee, a creature from Celtic folklore, howls into the night to herald a death in the family of whoever is unlucky enough to hear it. I read it over and over again, scolding myself for being silly. No matter how many times I told myself that it was just a dog howling and it didn't mean that my dad was going to die, there was a part of me that believed it could be true. My fears mutated into debilitating truths in my mind with each night that passed. The howling continued, growing louder until it sounded like it was just outside my house. Every day I'd call my mum and ask for updates, snapping at her when she had nothing new to offer. I needed to know that he was okay. By now I'd convinced myself that the band she was warning me, a cruel joke, as it suggested something could be done, when really it couldn't. The last night I heard the howl, I looked out of my bedroom window, searching the darkness for answers. My gaze found the top of the tree that was at my front garden, starting at the very top leaves and ending at the grizzled trunk. Beside the tree, red eyes found me. I backed away from the window and flopped face down on the bed so I could scream silently into my pillow. I awoke determined to go to the hospital to see my dad, to warn the nurses that he was going to die. I didn't have a car, but it didn't matter as I could get to it on foot. I could hear my boots slap the pavement as my pace quickened and my resolve became cemented. My phone buzzed in my pocket and I fumbled for it. I answered, but all I could hear was static. I looked both ways across the road. The phone slipped from my frantic fingers. I cursed under my breath and bent down to pick it up. Your dad's coming home today, I heard as the lorry smashed into me
1: oh god i loved that <laughs> i love that you just took that turn at the end oh that's so good um i just I, yeah I, I i like when in stories um i, I sort of get a thought like oh what if this was to happen then it <laughs> like, yes. Um, but yes i am um, a couple of points on that right if you were convinced that anybody was gonna die mm-hmm don't tell people, because that immediately implicates you. Like, oh, 100%. Die, and then he dies, and then that shit is on you so quickly.
0: Hey, I was just the messenger. Don't shoot the messenger. Yeah,
1: literally. It's like, <laughs> oh, no, I promise. A, a, a fairy told me. It's like, well, you're in the fucking nick.
0: Yes. Could you imagine, in all honesty, if I came up to him and was like, Nate, I heard a banshee howl last night. Someone's going to die. You'd just be looking at me, thinking... The pandemic has really gotten to you, hasn't it?
1: I'd, I'd be hiding your house keys. I would be hiding your house keys and just keeping you inside, just 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 posting you through like slices of pizza to keep you going or something. Like, which sounds pretty good actually. actually um, yes,
0: um, I heard a banshee last night. Nate, Someone's <laughs> going to die. When can I expect the first slice? <laughs>
1: um, yeah, it's um, yeah. Don't 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 do that. Even if you do hear the banshee, Mm-mm. just Mm-mm. Just keep keep it keep it to yourself. I mean, is it selfish, keep it to yourself? No, it's not. No. Keep it to- Well,
0: I mean it's not because if I suppose if you believe in such things as fairies and banshees, then mm. you probably believe in things like fate and Yeah. And it is
1: a premonition of things that have it's already yeah. it's already happened. There's nothing you can do about it in the sense And it-
0: what has the film Final Destination taught us? Death will catch you eventually.
1: If anything that film's taught us that you can get away from it if you're wily enough.
0: I'm pretty sure every time the person dies at the end. Oh, I thought they managed <gasps> spoiler to spoiler alert.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I thought that how old are those films? Um I thought it was um I thought they managed to beat it in some of the films. Or does it invariably eventually catch up to them?
0: I think it eventually catches up to them. It's been a very long time since I've watched them. Yeah. And I would, don't really want to think about how old they are because that will remind me how old I am.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm definitely looking up how old they are. Um, yeah, yeah. And which uh, leads me on to quite nicely, actually, The um, I, I liked the the the, uh, the the reference to it being a mocking presence. Um, and there were a couple of sources like that i think it was um at um i think it was the sinisterhood podcast the one they did on oh, the it's a brilliant podcast it is very good yeah it is very good um they um they referenced a sort of a, a more of a mocking presence like a like a laugh or a Mm. i think they described it as like a knowing laugh and um, again we'll link that in the in the show description as well because that was really really helpful in in um in research and mm. i've had myself listening to it a few times and and picking up different things it was um it was very very good um it would feel like a cruel joke though wouldn't it if
0: it, if it yes. was real because that's what I was gonna say, again hmm. if you're going along the lines of they've foreseen it therefore mm-hmm. it has to be fate mm-hmm. no matter what you did there's nothing you can do to change that
1: yeah and that is it, it i mean if it was something like really obvious like you know like granddad's 105 years old he's not doing so well do you know what i mean like anybody <laughs> could predict that it doesn't take fucking Derek acorn yeah. to predict that um but yeah the idea of it being more of a more of a mocking thing rather than a compassionate thing because, yeah, it is quite cruel that there's nothing you can do about it and you're just going to be racked with worry.
0: If you, like, take out the banshee element of it, if you had a premonition, mm. say that someone you know was going to die mm-hmm. uh, and you knew it couldn't be stopped, mm-hmm. wouldn't you re- be upset about it and you would sob and you would wail? I, can I feel yeah. bad for the Banshee?
1: Well, that's that's the other sort of side of it. The other like looking at it as being compassionate, maybe they are. M- maybe it's like a constant cycle of you just trying to warn the people that you you have this attachment to, you're desperately trying to warn them, but you mm. don't have the energy to do anything other than just ah! like maybe that is like maybe that's
0: Is that your attempt at a, a banshee's whale?
1: Oh, that would be my banshee whale. Yeah, if you just hear in the street, ah, like that would that that's that's me.
0: <laughs> oh, you sound like a scared walrus. Thank
1: you so much. That is my um <laughs> that that's my go-to. I feel I feel like that's like that's my aesthetic. Um, so we know what to listen out for. Mm. Uh, so uh, exactly that. Keep, keep, keeping a keen ear, keeping a keen ear for for those. Um, but
0: is that a pun on the keening?
1: Uh, I'm going to say yes, but no, it actually definitely wasn't. Yeah, I was um, going to say
0: audience. By the look on his face, it definitely <laughs> wasn't. <laughs> um,
1: but what what on earth do we do we look out for? Uh, uh, we, we, we will talk about these uh, this this little list, and this is from. Oh, my goodness, how do you pronounce that? Um, .com, no. Um, www.yourirish.com forward slash folklore forward slash Banshees hyphen in hyphen Ireland. Um, they describe thus. Uh, an old woman dressed in black with long grey hair and covering her face with a veil. Or an old woman with long white hair, red eyes, and dressed in a green dress don't Like how that's worded, dressed in a green dress. Um,
0: it's very Irish.
1: I, I was just gonna say it's very St. Patrick's Day, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, she's she's a she's a festive bitch. Um, a deathly pale woman with long red hair dressed in a white dress, sometimes a shroud.
0: That could be me. I am deathly pale, I'm a natural redhead, <laughs> and I wear black
1: all the time. That is I am a banshee, true. yeah, and you are. Constantly wailing about something.
0: I'm gonna wail on your face if you can. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um A, uh, a the, the next one is a beautiful woman wearing a, a shroud. Um, the next one, a beautiful woman with silver white hair, wearing a long, long, shimmering silver dress. Very silver. She's got them sort of like what was the um, uh, the white witch from Narnia.
0: My was- head immediately went. It's the banshee
1: vajazzled. Yeah, I'm sure that is. Uh, could you do if mm, thinking about how you would vajazzle a ghost? But then you would either are see... there
0: ghostly beauty salons. Well,
1: do you know like the 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 thing about like if you blow, if you blow smoke or you blow like a a, a poof of flour. You can like see the outline of a being. Can you just start sticking the in the air and just see what sticks? <laughs> then you've just got to walk in the and that's if anything, kind of scary. The were a really weird, really. They've weird... not gone away. Just they, 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 they're not
0: as
1: they're not as popular now, though, are they? They were like very two thousand and seven. I feel like
0: I never had on Twitter. How about you?
1: In two thousand and seven, I was twelve, so it didn't really impact me all that much. No. No.
0: Oh, shut up.
1: Yeah, wounded. <laughs> um, and and the, the the silver lady, the white witch, uh, will be carrying or using a silver comb, as we referenced uh, with the the crossroads. Jacks uh, a bling. She does she does so they are the the, uh, the 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 sort of more more normal descriptions um and i didn't feel like i would have done the descriptions uh, justice without going into to to each of those i uh, that they, they that list seems to encapsulate a lot of the uh, a lot of the descriptions that i've heard and um, the last one however is incredibly strange and i am living for it um a headless woman, naked from the waist up, carrying a bowl of blood.
0: That's how you know she's a woman for a start, if she's (laughs) naked from the waist up, with no head.
1: I suppose... (laughs) I suppose, yeah. It's um... and
0: is it her own blood? Is it somebody else's blood? I, I, I don't questions. know.
1: This is the, exactly. I have so many questions. It's just I I, I don't know what what's with the the the, the 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 boobies in the broth. It's just it's a strange. It's a
0: bold statement. It's bold it, it, statement. It,
1: it is bold, and actually, boobies and broth is definitely going to be the name of my strip club. <laughs> I love that. You can get soup and a lap dance for twenty quid. I love that. That's great. Boobies and broth. What's she, what's she
0: wearing on her bottoms? Do we wonder?
1: How the fuck do I know?
0: Just, I'm trying to imagine it in my head. Would it be trousers? Would it be a skirt? Bikini um, bottoms? I
1: don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not seeing her in in, in like a, a, a silky a silky number. I'm, I'm seeing it as just like a like an ankle length, armish esque skirt. It could just be out a Headless blood.
0: woman who went to bed in a vest top and woke up with the boobs just accidentally hanging out because that happens.
1: I, yeah, but I, but I don't think the first—I don't think my first thought if I woke up and my lady dumplings had escaped—I feel like I would. I, I, my, my first. Lady thought, dumplings. My first thought wouldn't be saw my fucking head off, take the vest shirt off, and then get a bowl of blood.
0: No, but she could kill the person next to her, get her bowl of blood, and then behead herself. That would who's,
1: make more sense. Who's,
0: who's next to her? I don't know. Husband, wife.
1: I say it was, this. Uh... It'd
0: be Bobby next to me.
1: Oh, if... don't kill Bobby. I wasn't planning on. Oh, saw your head off for of that, man! Shit. Yeah. And then I could find the new cowhouse though. So that'd be, um, uh, that'd be sad. Yeah, that'd be uh, devastating. Um, thank you so much for listening. That about wraps up Ban Shield. Um, tell we... what your
0: favorite banshee is is it boobs mcgee or one of the um more normie versions (laughs)
1: yeah is it the is it the the long silver gown or the the um the escaped dumplings and
0: uh the long saggy boobies
1: (laughs) yeah well oh see i was thinking of the more of a more of a perky number but you're you're seeing more like playing hacky sack with them
0: Mm Mhm. okay like droopy dog ears okay
1: Huh, well, let us know. Um, <laughs> if you want to get in touch uh, with the show or just follow us on social media, we would really appreciate either of those things or both. Um, we are at SpookerPod on Instagram and the one with the bird. And if you search Spooker Natural on Facebook, you will find us. And our email is SpookerPod at gmail.com. Um Rate, review, subscribe. We have one week off and it just, it just, boop, see ya. Um, yeah, rate, <laughs> review, subscribe. This week I will do a hard sell. Please, 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 please go on and do that. Any listening platform, go and give us reviews. We would like to see more of those reviews because it helps you to get more looks, people see more. Of I think
0: listeners is what you were looking for there. That's
1: exactly the what I was looking <laughs> for and this is why you are here, this is why I couldn't replace you Um, <laughs> um to you know Yes, um, our humble respects to everything um, mm-hmm. is, that, is that how we said we were going to sign that off from now on? Humble respects? Yeah,
0: or, yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Our
1: respects, yeah um, uh, Especially Robert the Doll because we can't forget my boy RTD D. Robert the, yeah, RTD um, I haven't missed anything no cool in which case we will see you next week bye